Welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it. So welcome to Joyce Eclectic. We're we're gonna do a thing. Hey mm-hmm. Parker, what you been listening to this Ooh. week? Uh, hey, so th- on Wednesday I took a vacation day, and uh-huh. uh, I've been leading some uh, a group of youth group guys for six years now, and they're finally graduating. So we all went to Dollywood, which is an amusement park here in Tennessee, in a in Pigeon Forge, which is a weird, weird place. That is accurate. What's so weird about it? It's like I. I feel like if it's like a five-year-old threw up what they wanted a vacation place to be. Oh, wow. That's a really good description. Yeah, it's pretty much that because it's it's just a weird place. There's like lots Tourist of like dinner show paradise. type places, but they're all really kitschy and yeah. like lumberjack yeah, yeah. festivals. And yeah. Tourist trap paradise. It's like yeah, exactly. anything you could ever want to feel like you're at a place, but you're not really <laughs> at the place. Isn't and there a big building with King Kong on it? Uh, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Like, or the, it's like the, a museum the Ripley's or building. That's like yeah, upside that's down. Yeah, has Ripley's the Titanic building. outside. Yeah. Like, but in any case, we went to Dollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, they were already there. They were, they stayed there for three days because they're on summer vacation. Because well, they're done with high school. So, um, but I just drove up early in the morning and then drove back late in the night. And on the way back. I, uh, you know, looked at my iPod and I was, not iPod, I don't have an iPod anymore, <laughs> but I looked at my phone and remembered a band called Mew that you oh, guys yeah. may or may not be aware of from um, back, I mean, they still exist now, I just don't mm-hmm. listen to them anymore mm-hmm. so much, but an album of theirs that I really liked called Fringers. until I looked it up and it's got a subtitle and I don't remember exactly there's something like not quite friends not quite strangers hmm. so it's friendgers I called it friendgers for a long time um, <laughs> but yeah it's super good they're a Danish band the album came out in 2003 and it's kind of it's it's pretty mathy but not in your face mathy it's kind of just like it's there and the singer has kind of a high but very soft voice at the same time um, and so I think part of why it doesn't feel too mathy is because he has a lot, a lot of like kind of long legato held out singing notes. It's not very in your face singing, so you're just paying attention to that. And meanwhile, there's this cool, you know, <laughs> music stuff going on behind it. Uh, what is this music stuff? This music stuff. It's uh, <laughs> it's good, is what it is. <laughs> so, is that why the band is called Mew? It must be. Oh, it's spelled uh, it's like spelled the like the Pokemon. Exactly. Yep. You got it. M-E-W, for those of you who don't know Pokemon. <laughs> uh, but Which you yeah. all should. 100%. There's going to be a test. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? So, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I listened to it a couple times this week, and my wife, Ashley, forgot that I knew about it because I put it on in the car, and she's like, you like Mew? I was like, uh, yeah, we've talked about this like one whole times four years ago, probably. How do you not so, remember? Yeah. <laughs> 
can you not remember every single conversation we've ever had in our lives seriously but mm. uh yeah if i honestly i just start at the top of the album um uh, you know what no let's go ahead and start with snow brigade that song Ooh. is fantastic it's the third track i think on the album maybe fourth and the guitar tone is really cool it's got almost like uh sort of like a, almost a genty guitar tone for part of it at the beginning which is fun and then it's <laughs> it switches but it's um yeah very melodic and really fun so cool. there you go that's what i've been listening to what about you matt cool. i have an ipod in my car <laughs> i do i have one in my car it's always dead i think it's battery lasts like uh-huh. 10 minutes yeah it's just always dead. so and it was the happiest day of my life a couple of months ago when I found that iPod because it was the one that I got for like my 16th birthday. Oh, yeah. The iPod video it holds like a that holds like 100 amount gigs of music, or whatever. Yeah. and I lost it for the longest time. I thought I maybe got rid of it or you know whatever, and mm-hmm. found it in a box um, when we moved into the new house. And how's its battery life? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I, I keep it plugged in the car all the time. And oh, okay. It just never yeah, dies. You but you yeah, have a USB mm-hmm. thing in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it makes perfect. it a lot easier. <laughs> I love yeah, it so much. Right. But also, I just upgraded finally to Spotify Premium. Noise. Hey. It's been oh, a yeah. long time coming. Welcome to the future. I've had those, Apple those Music. Ads, uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. they're not great, man. <laughs> I've had Apple Music for like two years or a year and a half or something like that. And we just switched over to Spotify Premium. And there's nice things about it, but there's a couple of things that I prefer just layout wise of Hmm. apple music where it's it's a little more user-friendly as far as i'm concerned sure um but there's a lot of things about spotify that are very nice so i'm proud of you good job give me those no ads and i'll I'll take being able to play one album and not getting weird random songs thrown into the middle of it Uh, man but uh what did you listen to on this spotify premium of which you speak i checked out father john misty's new album today Father John Misty is one of the bigger names in, I guess, indie right now. Uh, known for his, I think this is his third full-length album, and he just put it out. He just put out a record last year, so this was kind of like an almost unexpected, you know, surprise. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, I really enjoyed his first two albums. Is it like He's a whole a, full separate album, or is it like some bonus tracks kind of see, thing? Well, that's that's like the EP? thing is this third record almost feels like leftover tracks from the second album um because hmm. i think there was some i guess growth from from the first record to the second record and then these songs it's it's 10 tracks and it all feels like it's kind of just the ones that weren't good enough to be on the second <laughs> record and that's not to say that they're bad because yeah. they're, they're still uh well-written songs now if you don't know anything about father john misty he's known for his I guess pretty depressing lyrics, uh, very, (laughs) very realistic, like the world is going to crap and there's no point to anything, so we should all just give up kind of lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's obviously more poetic than that. Well, (laughs) but it's. uh, He just literally repeats that over and over and over again. The world is going to crap. It's very similar to one of the songs. (laughs) But. yeah, and Chad and I were just talking about this before we started the show, is that like at this point in my life, I kind of feel if I'm going to consume something heavy, like it's, it's I don't know, I'm not that kind of person anymore. I can't, like we can't sit through, we can't binge watch Black Mirror <laughs> yeah. on Netflix. Like we, we can't do that. It's got to be like one and done. I want to in depression. Yeah, like <laughs> I got to go watch Friends afterwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but and that's how all of his records feel to me. Father John Misty is like, yeah, they're very well written, and he makes a lot of good points. But 
ugh, it's just yeah. so weighty and, <laughs> yeah. and depressing and sad. And yeah, I mean, that's not to say that they're bad songs because they are very catchy for being like, and the lyrics are very out front and like very like they they are definitely what you notice in this music. It's not like the most unavoidable. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's good stuff. Uh, I will say I've had Mr. Tillman stuck in my head all day because it is a super catchy song. It's one of the songs that we were talking about a couple weeks ago that switches from the major to minor to major to minor. Parallel major stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's doing that constantly in this Mm, song. And it's just, yeah, it's very, very catchy. But yeah, Father John Misty. uh, What's the album called? God's Favorite Customer is the name of the album. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I, it's been a funny week because like three bands that I like have come out with new albums, but also like the three bands that came out with new albums are three bands that I've already talked about in this <laughs> section. <laughs> like uh, Maps Analysis came out with a new okay. album uh, this week and it's, it's good. It's a lot. It's funny because like the more stuff that Maps Analysis puts out, the less math rocky it gets and hmm. the more like catchy it gets, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like the new album is really fun. It's a really good listen. I really enjoy it, um, but it doesn't really feel like their old stuff, um, hmm. which is fine. It's it's just kind of different, um, but it's still really good. Anyways, um, and then like Tankred had a new album come out, which that's half of now now um and ben howard came out with his new album and so i i've been listening to a lot of those um but i did kind of start listening to somebody new this week and if you've paid attention at all to like youtube guitarists um there's a few like really big ones that kind of stand out especially of like younger people that are youtube guitarists between like jared dines and mm-hmm. rob scallon mm-hmm. uh and some of those guys like stevie t and just that <laughs> whole Steve yeah dude he's fun he's he's something i i can like watch half of some yeah. of his videos and then i'm just like all right i'm That's about done right. with you it's and everything you're doing very light it's it's like f- funny and you know, like he's very good at guitar, but oh, he's yeah. mostly he's about having fun yeah. more mm. so than like, yeah. So it's kind of like, ooh, that's over the top. And like, yeah, yeah, it is. Sometimes, but goodness gracious. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little cringy how over the top it is. And it's like, wow, I just want to stop watching this. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like they all kind of have that aspect to them sometimes. Because again, they're they're like making video content. And it's not yeah. enough to just like sit and play guitar, right. yeah. which you used to be able to do on YouTube, mm-hmm. but you can't so much anymore. Yep. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It is what it is. But there's one... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that has been kind of part of that circle um, that I never really got into necessarily, but it, it was kind of like aware of her existence, and that's Sarah Longfield. song of hers for the first time yeah this past week yeah uh i she randomly popped up on my spotify and like i recognized her name because i've seen her in videos with some of these other guys mm-hmm. before and recognized like she's a cool guitar player she does a lot of two-handed tapping stuff which i'm really into she plays like the strandberg guitars that are getting really popular with mm-hmm. that crowd and uh, a lot of like eight string stuff which i'm also weirdly getting into right now <laughs> um but so she one of her songs called the the salient voyage popped up on my Spotify and I listened to it and I have been humming like the main guitar line from that song all week. Uh, it's, it's definitely got some like shred elements to her music. I mean, like she just is that kind of guitarist. She's very technically proficient, mm-hmm. um, but she, she's got some Vox in, in the song and like 
She's got a good voice. She's got some good songwriting ability. Like the song is really interesting for reasons other than just like she's really good at guitar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so that's that's I've been listening to that song a few times this week, and it's just a really fun time. That's yeah. I feel like within that kind of YouTube scene of guitarists and stuff, there's you can make it as just somebody who can shred, but isn't like it's not very musical or great because it's it's YouTube, so you're yeah. just trying to show mm-hmm. off. And so it's nice when she and again, honestly, I feel like Steve Terenberry or. If I'm saying his last name right, I don't, I don't know. Um, That's why I called him Stevie T. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, some of those other ones actually are like, oh, I en- I enjoy listening to the thing that you're doing when you're, like, trying to be serious about it. It mm-hmm. sounds good. Whereas, uh, to be frank, um, Rob Scallion and especially Jared Dines, I, I'm like, wow, yeah, you're good at being fast, and yeah. I don't care about the sounds you're making very yeah. much. Jared um, Dines is like the pitfall of yes, that group for me for that. 100%. Like, his content is a little bit more interesting to me when he's not playing guitar. He's True. kind of an interesting guy to yep. me. Um, uh, but yeah, he... I think he takes himself too seriously, personally. A little bit, yeah. No, no, I, <laughs> but, I get that. Um, uh, I, I, not, I mean, like, Rob Scallon's kind of a good mix for me yeah. of, like, he takes himself a little bit seriously, mm-hmm. but he has goofy videos and stuff, but he also yeah. does really, like, goofy, fun things a lot. Like, he doesn't just do metal stuff. Right. Because he had a video recently where he did, uh, he, like, recreated having a delay pedal by oh. having two other guys play guitar behind oh. him. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, didn't know who you are talking about, first, <laughs> but now I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, so yeah. he... He had a song that like is it, it was essentially like a study of eighth dotted eighth note delay yeah uh, and so he did this video where he got two other guys to also learn the same song like the way that he plays it and then they all listened to a click but the two back guys were just offset by a dotted eighth wow. note yeah. and so and there's a video of them like making the video and it took them something like sixty or eighty tries oh, or something I to, to play the song all the way through and and get it just right but it sounds really cool he he did the video too right where um they recorded on a cylinder a wax cylinder yes yeah yeah Yeah. that was that was that was really neat um the they recorded like uh, an acoustic song and that sounded really cool Mm -hmm. and then they recorded a metal song which was interesting (laughs) probably sounded like garbage (laughs) i mean it was it was it really was interesting but the song whatever they used specifically i was like hmm I wish you'd use just a better song because the song itself <laughs> is not that great. Yeah. Yeah. But the like, the test of all of it is mm. crazy, and you learn about you know stuff, and it's just crazy to see like, hey, this is a sound that I'm making being you know grooved into a physical thing. It's not just yeah. like some lines on a computer. Like I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it's just a bunch of waveforms. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just crazy stuff. Uh, what was the other one you did? I saw recently. It was like he recorded a three minute song in thirty seconds. And basically just like sat there at his computer and like had a timer going for 30 seconds and he stopped playing after 30 seconds. It was like a relatively fast thing. Mm-hmm. And then when he played the song back, he just slowed it down and it sounded like a nice <laughs> acoustic pop song with a lot of like reverb and delay uh, yeah. in it. That's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, man. But yeah, the I think the first time I heard Sarah Longfield, which was only like one other time than this past week, was there was like a shred this video oh, yeah, where it was yeah. like twenty YouTubers all shredding those, or whatever. I, hate those I know so much. And but and most like one of my coworkers sent it to me and I was like, all right, I'll watch it, whatever. Um, most of them were kind of like, uh, who yeah, really cares? <laughs> They're not that great, but there were two girls on it and they both did phenomenally. Um, and then there, I mean, there were also some guys that did a great job. There was one actual famous guy from some band. Uh, oh, from Halen. Trivium, I think, oh, um, really? which I don't really listen to them. So I don't know, but <laughs> that guy was on it. So that's neat. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, there's another one of one of those sort of videos. Anytime I see that stuff pop up, it's always like <laughs> another one of these. <laughs> yeah. And then I click play. Uh, <laughs> but it was like uh, that's how you I know, feel about every YouTube. Video. Yeah. No. But really, um, yeah. It, it was like ten YouTube musicians and get together and make a metal song, and it's yep. like literally just ten of them, and like Jared Dines plays drums and then also guitar yep and then it's got sarah longfield and stevie t and mm-hmm. some other guy playing bass and and another guy who like actually writes vocals for the song and, and all this stuff and the song was aggressively mediocre especially <laughs> as a like metal song yeah but i mean if you have to write like three songs a week i guess that's yeah, to be expected yeah, but it's still. gonna happen yeah but sarah's part was literally the most interesting part to me because she did a tapping part that was the cleanest part of the song yeah. and also just the most technically interesting part yeah. of it to me and it was just like yeah that's really cool yep and, and probably melodically interesting too yeah. i would imagine yeah so well cool so that was that. a fun tangent i'm sure yeah. <laughs> uh most people checked out and didn't really care about all that guitar but... players <laughs> talk about we'll living in the out. youtube age <laughs> <laughs> uh good yeah. times but anyways we are going to talk about something completely different now and it's lyrics <laughs> So if you couldn't garner from that previous discussion that we just had, I pay way more attention to instruments and instrumentation in, in songs, and so this week was hard, but we're going to talk about lyrics and the deep and heavy things that people say with their mouth parts. And yeah, um, no, we so we've done vocal parts already, and it was more of like a harmony and like melody kind of thing, but, but we just wanted to stop and, and pause and think about the words that people use their mouth parts to say and put out into the air and, and meat space that is not in their own head. Did you say the air and meat space? Meat space, meat yeah. Space. <laughs> like M-E-A-T. The meat space. Interesting. The, the physical meat this space. This is where the meat, the meat are. <laughs> it's not in your internal head space. It's, it's the outside world meat space. Um, I... I also like the idea that air and meat. I'm assuming, like, I'm still hearing it as like meat that you eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those correct. are the only things that are really need, we need to know are out there. Mm-hmm. Can we cool. just talk like about it. how you know the 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 vocal sounds work? You oh, know, that, oh yeah, that we, we, we can. How we can they talk travel about through your, the airwaves. Your weird salmon-looking vocal cords are slapping <laughs> together to make these weird vocalizations that we've attached meaning to. In other words, no, we're not talking about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> good because that was about the extent of my knowledge yeah right there. exactly yep. salmon salmon slapping it. together your vocal oh. cords are salmon colored <laughs> like the majority of the rest of the things in your body <laughs> hi welcome to science 101 the inside of your body it's not that interesting most of what? the time but it's also We're, pretty horrifically gross some of the time yeah. it sounds like a video i watched when i was 13 Honestly, in, health yeah. class. in a wellness class yeah uh, but anyway yeah you bring up a very good point of lyrics yeah we're gonna talk about those that the whole point. and that <laughs> thing that we're talking about so yeah i don't know what do we want to talk about them um, yeah. about i okay so i think it's worth noting like you said i myself do not pay attention to lyrics quickly at all. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's honestly, that was a conversation I'd like to have at some point, and maybe we'll touch on the whole topic or just the lyrics part of it, but just like, what do you listen to first in music? And mm-hmm. I mean, again, if we don't talk about that today, we'll talk about it a different time, but most importantly, <laughs> how far back is lyrics in your, oh, like, I hear it ear is candy almost stuff. always the last thing that I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, and the songs that I do hear the lyrics on the forefront typically usually means it's not a song I care about that much. Um, 
I'm, that's not exclusively true, but that's just generally, you know, if it's like kind of a more poppy song or, you know, something yeah. like that, and I'm listening to the lyrics, it typically means, yeah, I just don't really care about the music side of it, um, you know, which is fine. Like, maybe it's music more for that side of it, but it's not mm-hmm. something I would bring up here. Well, for the majority much. of listeners who like pop music and Billboard 100, they're not listening for the music. Yeah. They could care less about the instrumentation, and that's fine. Yeah. Because... That music is not meant for you to care about the instrumentation. Yeah. It's it's four chord patterns mm-hmm. through and through with for a beat a reason. and a pulse. Yep. Yeah, because it's easy to write that music, and maybe it's not easy to write those lyrics. I don't know what those lyrics are talking about. I know that there's like three subject matters that mainstream <laughs> pop music handles, <laughs> and that's partying now, partying all night, and we're young, so we need to party. And right, that's now. about it. That's what we got. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it, it's always been really funny to me because I just will not pay attention to lyrics at all. It just is not something that occurs to me a lot of the time. Um, there will be songs that I've been listening to for years that yep. I'll, I'll like get in the car with Alyssa or something. We'll be listening to a song that I liked back in like 2009 or something, and we'll be listening to She'll be like, this is saying some really weird stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I'll go and look up the lyrics and be like, huh, so that's what they're talking about. Yeah, no, that's... I um, never knew. <laughs> there's, I mean, I have so many stories that that already <laughs> pertains to. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so some of that, I mean, one of the things I brought up Seether when we talked about bands we used to like and don't anymore, yeah. that's one where, yeah, I went back and listened to something on the their album a couple months ago and was like goodness gracious these are like <laughs> horrifying just gross <laughs> lyrics and i had zero clue when i listened to them back in the day and i mean that's i'm glad because they're horrific and gross and i was in seventh and eighth grade so yeah. like i'd rather not have known but um yeah also i, I mean i remember another time in <laughs> in like ninth grade or whatever where i just started doing screamo stuff at that point and i wasn't good <laughs> at it at all but i was in the car with um my friend Daniel Bryant and two girls. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Um, yeah, apparently. Uh, but he was saying something about like, hey, uh, hey, do you guys know Parker can scream? And I was like, I, I'd rather not. But <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and put on an Under Oath song, which was my favorite band at the time. And still, I don't have a really favorite band anymore. But um, I still really like Under Oath and a lot of their stuff. And he was like, yeah, Parker, sing along with this or scream along with this. And I was like, this is their most, po- it's writing on the walls, oh, arguably yeah. <laughs> their most popular song. I do not know the words to like yeah. any of it. Yeah. So I would like, A, I didn't want to because I was embarrassed. And B, when I did try, I just gave up really soon. I was like, I don't want to. But it was actually, I don't know these lyrics. And I probably would if I did. <laughs> yeah. that's, it's funny that you say like, that's one of your favorite songs because, and, and you didn't know the lyrics. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I have so many songs I would consider like, you know, some of my favorites, but I still don't know the lyrics to this day. I know how the vocal part goes. Yeah. Yep. I can hum yep. it and yeah, sing it I all day long. I will 100% know the melody. Yeah. I know yeah. the harmony parts. I understand I how was, it works in context with the song. There's even, don't know what they're saying there's a lot of songs ashley and i will be in the car driving and singing a song together and i know the sounds of the lyrics i.e i know the words somebody would think that i knew the lyrics because arguably i do know the lyrics but i haven't ever thought about them and processed them through my brain yeah i'm sure to somebody listening that's like some mind-blowing thing where it's like why aren't you thinking about the words you're saying i'm like i i literally 
I don't know. <laughs> I just, I can recreate mm-hmm. the lyrics because I've heard them enough times to sing along with them. But yeah, I just haven't thought about the fact that, oh, they're saying everybody dance now. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just a dumb person who has to visualize things to be able to process it. And I, if I'm not visualizing the lyrics themselves, then they're just words. And that's, yeah. I no, need I'll, a sing along version on screen if I'm going to pay yeah. attention to the lyrics. Yeah. No, a lot of the time for me, like really, I will, I will learn this weird. I kind of know the syllables slash vocalization yeah. of some not real words that makes this line fit in my mm-hmm. head. Um, just because it's like, I know the melody and I'm paying attention to like the guitar parts or the drum parts or something else that's happening in the song and just sort of mindlessly going along with mm-hmm. it. And it will be years before I actually piece together like, Oh, I think they're saying this. Like <laughs> I just never really realized. Yeah. Um, but that, so it, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like the, three biggest types of music that I like arguably are like hardcore music or metal where you just don't really care what they're saying because they're (laughs) screaming it instrumental music or like I I don't know I said three I think I really meant two Um, but that leads me to talking there's four different kinds of people (laughs) in the world and I'm gonna name people who have lists and so let's move on with (laughs) yeah so anyway uh, but it but it is kind of a funny thing because the first artist that I wanted to talk about tonight is a guy that doesn't write either kinds of those musics. Mm-hmm. He does... Yeah, uh, those musics. Yeah, those musics. <laughs> um, it's a guy named Andrew Bird. He is a fantastic violinist. He is an incredible musician. He's probably one of the most impressive musicians that I've ever seen. He is one of my favorite artists. Um, I am just continually impressed by his ability to do violin and whistling and looping and glockenspiel mm-hmm. and guitar <laughs> and songwriting in general. But his lyrics are the most whack thing that I've ever looked at in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and part of it, like, what you have to understand about his lyrics is that they don't mean anything. Mm. He writes them, and, and I mean, like, he'll usually have some goofy scientific context for, like, a line of the song or a couple of lines of the song. But past that, like, it's all just thrown Was together. Was he the one, I can't remember, you were talking a couple weeks ago about somebody who will throw in... Uh, this word or that word, and they were big, complicated yeah, words. It yes. was Andrew Bird. Okay. Yeah, he'll, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna re- pull up and then read um, the lyrics to this song, uh, which is my first example. And if you wanted to go ahead and play it, I will do that. So, in case you didn't catch all of that, I certainly didn't. What he what he's singing, and this you didn't. Anytime you see like lyric pronounce of his, it's always almost always like approximately this because he doesn't say so himself no yeah i mean really like if you watch him sing this song live it is not the same oh wow he'll do all of this random stuff and that really ties back into more of like andrew bird as a performer and as an artist in general is he kind of has this ideal about his music that like he'll write a song and it's never Mm. really done yeah it's just always in a state of evolving into something else and so this is the recorded work of a non-animal or <laughs> an on I don't know however you want to say the name mm-hmm. of this but the lyrics that he's singing there were as follows 
Underneath the stalactites, the troglobites lost their sight. Uh-oh. <laughs> the seemingly innocuous placostomus. Though posthumous, they talk too much. They talk too much. Uh-huh. See, see an enemy. The enemy, see, see an enemy. That'll be the end of me. Vicious fish was caught unawares in the tenderest of tendrils underneath their tender gills. And I will become the anonymous. Interesting. He, he like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You you could try and like fit this oh, into some weird box. Oh, I think you could do a box. deep analysis of <laughs> underwater life. Hundred hundred percent. You could. You could. And this applies to literally every song the guy writes. Yeah. You could try and attach meaning to it. And again, like I said, he has moments where there will be a meaning attached to some part of it. But for the most part. He's just writing vocal parts and just needs something to kind of fit in with it. And he just likes the way these words fit together. And so CC like, an enemy that will be the enemy of me. Yeah. It's kind of like an English <laughs> class where you, uh, you're, my teacher especially, I don't know about everybody else's, but every single everything was very important and like <laughs> yeah. means this much deeper thing. Mm-hmm. And we were watching, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we were watching Dr. Zhivago because we just read it, but I didn't read it. But <laughs> we, as a class, theoretically had read it, and we watched the movie, and um, there's one part where somebody goes, mount, and the teacher <laughs> paused it right there, and he says, that is in reference to sex. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, whatever. Dude, really? Like, <laughs> it was, I mean, literally everything has this very mm. much deeper meaning, and it's like, every time we'd read it, stuff, I'd be like, I think probably about a third of this was intended oh, yeah. and then the rest depending on the pride mm-hmm. of the writer they agree or don't agree with it having meaning at all yeah. so <laughs> i have a very similar story about uh-huh. my you were an um, english major i was so an you english major as well <laughs> so when and my wife was in this class with me at the time we were in english lit i guess three i don't know who cares it's all the same but we were <laughs> we were watching the 1990 cartoon film beauty and the beast we weren't reading the book Beauty and the Beast the the Disney one the classic one the Disney one Yep, the one that everyone knows the one that sing-alongs and Um, our teacher was 100% (laughs) positive of the fact that that movie has a subplot of uh, the dangers of over masculinity and how men feel too masculine and sometimes it's best to not feel that way because of certain scenes like the scene where they're banging down the door with you know a big like Mm -hmm. piece of wood and like they're all, all the villagers are trying to get into the castle that's that's a reference to sex oh, banging down the door wow. okay. there's a scene in that movie where there's three guys who uh, are fighting the the wardrobe woman and uh-huh. she swallows them up and spits them out in dresses and they all freak out and literally leave <laughs> because they look they took one look at themselves and uh-huh. thought oh i'm dressed as a woman and that again yeah. was yeah, they're afraid of uh, femininity. Yeah, they're uh, definitely afraid of femininity. Not the fact that they just got eaten by a wardrobe <laughs> yep. that changed their clothing and then spit them out. That's definitely the least yeah. scary oh part goodness. of this. But, but yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, to your point of the more you know apt point of all of this, of that it seems like Andrew, Andrew Bird is using more lyrics as a means for musicianship yeah. type stuff. 100%. And like, I need sounds that go along with this. And there's definitely something to be said for uh, lyrics that just feel good and mm-hmm. sound good. Exactly. Not feel good in terms of like, everybody's happy. But no, but you just know, like they feel literally good feel good to, to exactly. hear. It's the alliteration. Yeah. It's yeah. the rhyming. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. 
those yeah, kinds and, of things. And especially if they're not cheesy, mm-hmm. you know, like, because rhyming, I actually had an idea for a game that we'll do sometime. I didn't prepare it this time. <laughs> but at some time, we're going to do a game where I'm going to find some, like, maybe country songs or, like, very predictable songs of some sort. And it's going to have you guess what the next line is based off the rhyme from the prior oh, line. Oh, yeah. I, I have no, like, ideas so far for it besides the concept. Yeah. <laughs> but but really I feel like that kind concept. of thing, like, it just feels good to mm-hmm. your ears. You're like, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I like the way that In felt. the same way that a lot of, uh, well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, for me, a lot of hip-hop lyrics feel very, like, yeah. just nice to listen to, yeah. even though they might be talking about something completely explicit. <laughs> well, just, like, the, the little words that they're using. Yeah, the yeah. vocabulary yeah. Sometimes nice. there will be moments in hip-hop songs. This happens and my own only context for this is gorilla songs uh-huh. again like but there are just moments in their songs where he says something nonsensical like jiggle willy wiggly like that's <laughs> nothing but it's so fun to say yeah and it yeah. means nothing other than like it's jiggly what was the, what was the kanye jiggly. song that cole was oh, talking scoop about last week? Scoop scoop or whatever <laughs> yeah scoop diddy poop doop that was <laughs> that's part of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah all all of that to say like i i really actually like andrew yeah. bird's music a lot and mm-hmm. one of the the nice things about it is there's no like ponderousness to what I have to think about his lyrics about. I can just listen to his music and there's mm-hmm. never any fear of like, Oh, but what's he talking? It's, yeah. it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just got a really cool melody and he's That's just nice. Really it's nice to have that like comfort in knowing that this doesn't have to mean anything right. and it doesn't like odds are this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of music I and listen the- to where I know it means something, but I can't figure it out. <laughs> right. I feel like everyone else has a handle on what this song <laughs> is about and I don't. And it's freedom for him as a writer too. Like I know mm-hmm. for myself, I like, I listen to lyrics pretty much last for the most part, and I also write a bunch of music and sing, and mm-hmm. that means I have to also write lyrics. <laughs> and so yeah. more recently, I've gotten better at coming up with that, but no joke, when I did my band stuff, Beautiful Dying Day, back in high school, there was a long time where in the middle, like right towards the beginning when I was first learning how to do it, I'd write stuff out and record it, um, and then towards the end, that was the way that I do it too, but for a good span in the middle, I would just make all the music part, like guitar and drums and bass, and hit record and just sit there and just kind of make stuff up. Yeah. And then go back and make stuff up again. Go with the melody. And it was yeah. it was terrible, no joke. <laughs> but um, but it was just about like I just need something here. And if I felt like I could have had that freedom too to just yeah. have it really not mean anything, that would have been fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's something that Seamus actually did really well with Low Beggar. Because um, if you had read any of our lyrics at any point, like they they were always very thoughtful and, and well done. Like I think Seamus was a, a really good lyricist and everything. But he he would even say himself like a lot of what he was trying to do was not like convey some specific meaning as much as he was just trying to make creepy sounding songs. <laughs> <laughs> like he just really liked creepy lyrics, yeah, and so funny. he we would have these songs that it's just like this is a lot of like weird imagery that you're putting into a song. But like I'm down with it because I'm like I don't care. It just yeah. sounds yeah, totally. cool and whatever. Man, that's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll kind of move into what, so the ones that I picked are actually all ones. Well, two of them are specifically ones that the lyrics really like resonate with me. Well, one of them for more personal reasons and the other one, just because it's like, um, I just feel it when I'm listening to it, like it paints a picture so perfectly and has so much emotion in it. Uh, I'll, I'll go into the first one. This one's the one that most kind of uh, fits into my story. Um, and so it's the song homesick by Kings of convenience. Mm. And I talked about this one actually, when we talked about harmony a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt just did a little 
teardrop because yeah. because uh, it's sad. But this is one that, um, yeah, we talked about when we talked about harmonies because the vocal parts are really nice. They're talking in the song about, you know, finding, um, well, here, I'll, I'll pull up the lyrics real quick as well. And the, I'm, because I only try to pick 30 seconds or so, I'm not going to be <laughs> able to play this whole thing. But the second-ish verse, I don't know. It's kind of a non-standard chord. I mean, non-standard uh, song structure. But it's so I'll lose some sales, and my boss won't be happy. But there's only one thing on my mind: searching boxes underneath the counter on the chance on the chance that on or on a chance that on a tape I'd find. And then that's just kind of the setup. And the whole song is a setup for these these like four lines that kill me every time. Um, a song for someone who needs somewhere to long for. And then this last line that I'll just go ahead and play. And uh, here it goes. Cause I no longer know Where home is So yeah, that one, um, if, if you haven't listened to some of the other episodes, like, we moved around a bit. Uh, in my life. So I was born in the States, but lived in France for about 10 years and then moved back to the States for two years and then in Belgium for six years. And so this was at in while I was in Belgium. And like the first time I heard those lyrics immediately, I was just like, oh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also he's uh, so there's a term called third culture kid, which just means like your parents are from one culture. You were raised in another Mm -hmm. one. So you've kind of developed this third culture that's between them, but you Mm -hmm. don't really fit at neither place is home. There's kind of a home changed meanings a a little bit. So um, this one especially was in a time where I was struggling, feeling like there was a thing called home at all. And so listening to this song, Homesick, for I no longer know where home is, I was just like, it killed me. So I'd I'd listen to this song a lot of times when I'd Mm -hmm. feel homesick or uh, that kind of feeling, you know, because it's not, at that point, it didn't have a specific meaning of longing for either the States or for where I was. It was just kind of longing for the sense of home. Mm -hmm. Um, So those lyrics, I think, you know, more kind of analytically, that's what it meant for me. Mm -hmm. But... It's the whole song kind of paints paints just a story up until that point, and it's pretty you know nice lyrically and and things um, where things rhyme and et cetera et cetera, and it's fairly poetic, and but I think it does a good thing where you can you can either tell somebody how you're feeling with lyrics, or you can paint a picture that yeah. makes them feel the same way. And this does a lot better at that second one where instead of being yeah. like, I'm sad, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, homesick. So you just know what that feeling is, you know, vaguely, but it's, it's not like sadness because I'm not sure what home is. It's, you know, it's painting more the feeling or the, the pictures to put yourself in the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Those are my yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it just any kind of songs that deal with like nostalgia or like, like that listless feeling of not really knowing where you belong or, or yeah, no, I like, I totally get you about, uh, being homesick or, or some feeling like that of not really feeling like you have somewhere that's home. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of songs that deal with that, like Ben Folds has songs like that. And, and, uh, 
Nick Drake sometimes and, and some different folks, you know, usually the like singer songwritery <laughs> acoustic kind of yeah. stuff or, or solo acts uh, tend to deal with that stuff, but that's mm-hmm. always, and even uh, if other bands deal with that kind of stuff, it does like this, that the singer songwriting side can paint that I think feeling along with the lyrics where you know yeah. you could put those lyrics over a rock band but it just wouldn't really quite it's not give gonna resonate yeah, yeah. and there, there's something about that too where I think we'll talk about this more kind of as we keep going but where the meaning of the lyrics and the sound of the song mm-hmm. like how do those They're fit together synonymous. yeah because you can't you know yeah if you have a song that's like I'm really happy but it sounds sad or vice versa. Like, unless you're doing it sarcastically mm, and yeah. then you can barely get away with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think there are songs like that. I think it's easier to do the opposite or write a very happy, uplifting tune and then mm. have the lyrics be ultra sad or depressing or whatever they might be. Ultra sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and ultra. I don't even think that that's like ultra sad. It's just, you know, it's, it's a yeah. feeling that easily resonates with you when you listen to it um one of the ones that i almost brought forward but i didn't uh was arcade fires the suburbs Um, oh yeah uh, just speaking of like home and that that feeling like when i first heard that album you know it was right around the time in my life when i was like just starting to be on my own and everything and having grown up in the suburbs which is what this album is all about and kind of like leaving home and then coming back to realize it's not what you remember like this fond memory of nostalgia and mm-hmm. then like at least to me and i mean there's definitely definitely different meanings to this record but to me that was that was the impression that i got is that you know once you go back home after having all these fond memories you kind of realize it's not what you thought it was and i mean that hit home with me like so hard yeah. um yeah, like the, the last song on that album is a continuation of the first song on the album. It's just called The Suburbs. And, you know, he, Wynn Butler writes, um, if I could have back all the time that I wasted, I'd waste it again. Mm. And I'm like, God, like that's just that. <laughs> yep, that's right. Because, I mean, I like to think all the time, you know, if I could do things differently, of course I would. But then in reality, no, I wouldn't have done anything yeah. differently because yeah. that's what happened and that's what I did. Yep. So. But the first one I want to talk about is kind of a rockier song. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with Ben Gibbard because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to not talk about Ben Gibbard because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> he, in my opinion, is the best poet lyricist in the 21st century. And I, I agree. <laughs> it's hard to find somebody who's just more like he hits the nail on the head with every single song. Uh, oh, of I Death found Cooper someone. <laughs> Who? He lives around the corner and he doesn't write songs, but if he did, man, oh man. <laughs> he would be the <laughs> best. Mm. Just kidding. That's a lie. But, yeah, I went with Ben Gibbard yeah. and I could have picked any Death Cab for Cutie song, really. Um, they they have a tendency to write these just, I don't know, extremely relative songs uh, that, that talk about all sorts of things, you know, breakups or getting together or you know not knowing where you fit in and uh, just uh, the way that he writes his lyrics uh, it's it's poetry really before it's lyrics and that's a point that right. i you know wanted to hmm. bring was that there is to me there is a difference between poetry and lyrics because if you're writing lyrics to fit a song that it might be poetry but it's i don't see it as poetry you know like you could take death cab's music out of the music and still have a beautifully written poem yeah so that's um, why i feel bad about my lyrics because if i for the most part there's a couple songs that are exceptions but i 
would not let somebody look at the lyrics that I've written outside of the context of the song because they're just not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're like some of them are fine, but the you know I feel like they only really work along with the music, which just goes to show that they're not really you know mm-hmm. super poetic in that sense. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't stand up alone. So that's, exactly. Yeah. And and that's what I that's what I really appreciated about this band and the song that I went with was the New Year off Transatlantic on the opening song, um, and there's I mean there's a number of different reasons that I went with this but I guess the overall being that this song when I first heard it it like completely encapsulated the way I felt about New Year's and like mm-hmm. new starts because mm-hmm. as a kid and into my teenage <laughs> years I never got that feeling of like. Oh, this is the time to start year. over. It's yeah, I'm like erase everything, everything else. I did wrong. <laughs> yeah, and this song, like, I'm just die the... for three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just the first two lines of this song is just this is the new year, and I don't feel any different. Like, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I could not have written that, but it's so simple. It's yeah. so simple to uh, like those. Those are just simple, easy words, but. I mean, it's it's just so perfect, and um, the song goes on to like just you know just describe like this New Year's Eve party and mm-hmm. just some of the description in that song and the way it fits in is is just so beautifully done. But yeah, let's listen to the first little. It's just so simple, like clanking of crystal, explosions off in the distance, you know, your fireworks. There's a line that he says later that I, I don't know, it's it's so good. It's, you know, everybody put your best shoe, uh, best shoes shirt or dress, or shirt or dress on and, you know, uh, we'll make believe we're wealthy for just this once. And then he says, <laughs> lighting firecrackers off on the front long as, as 30 it's dialogues 30 bleed into one. Like, that's so good because it's just it's just such great description of mm-hmm. like what it what it's like to be around like family or friends on a New Year's Eve and mm-hmm. you know all the while all these great things are going on but you know how like how am I supposed to feel during it? am I supposed to feel like what's happening around me like yeah. is it, it like happy and joyous and joyous eclectic yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you especially with with the the number of lines talking about how neat stuff is and mm-hmm. fun stuff is around you versus the number of lines about the not feeling any different kind of thing, kind of the dichotomy there yeah. mm-hmm. it does a good job of, you know, like on that day, nobody would necessarily really notice that like, right. Oh, well he's kind of bummed out a little bit, but yeah. cause there's just so much going on. So I feel like similarly in the song, you could just kind of not notice that, you know, like, oh, and I don't feel any different. Like, if you just stop paying attention for a second there, you'd be like, wow, he's talking about all these fun things at New Year's. Like, yeah. I remember all this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you mm-hmm. kind of pick up on that, the subtext a yeah. little bit, that's, I mean, it's not subtext, it's right yeah. there. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, that's that's something that honestly, like, that whole album is sort of conceptually pretty pretty thematic um, with, like, the new year and things changing and and almost more specifically almost like about one specific relationship that he's Mm -hmm. having um and it sort of comes to this head in the middle of the album with transatlanticism um which you know if you just take the ending chorus of transatlanticism where all he's saying is i need you so much closer Mm. uh you just think like oh it's a nice sweet love song but it 
but it's a real downer (laughs) (laughs) because he's talking about somebody who's moving across the Atlantic Mm -hmm. and he's not ready for that. Um, And like just talking about how much he does not want that to happen. And I need you so much closer than that. Um, And and it becomes this like frenzy in, in the end of that song. And it flows really nicely into my next selection, which is, passenger seat uh, from that same <laughs> album um, yeah. and it, because again like like you're saying ben gibbard is a fantastic uh, lyricist and poet and he does such a good job with um just making you feel something without telling you how to feel mm-hmm. uh you know he's always describing something and you get what he's going for even when he doesn't say it mm-hmm. uh yeah. there's there's so many like fun little th- like turns of phrases that he'll use or just even when he's talking about things that like don't matter at all, like having sex, he, he doesn't just say like, and we went and had sex. It's like <laughs> he, he uses some turn of phrase like, and we learned how our bodies work. Right. <laughs> my whole, my whole point with Ben Gibbard is just that like he is, he does such a good job of not only talking about like his personal experiences and the things that he feels, but also sometimes just telling stories. Uh, there are, there are, at le- there's at least one song off transatlanticism that like, he's just telling a story. Uh, it's the death of an interior mm-hmm. decorator. Like that, that song is not a personal experience. It, it, more than likely is not a personal experience for him. It's just like a story that he's telling. Yeah. Kath is the same kind of yeah. way. Like uh, he he's just one of those songwriters that you hear songs and the way that he's telling the story, you would think it's a personal experience right. that he's having, but he's just telling a story. And I think that's like one of the hallmarks of really great lyricists and songwriters is that they can just tell stories. Yeah. And that's something that Bob Dylan did a lot. And I'm not yeah. here to say that Ben Gibbard's as good as Bob Dylan, but fight me. Well, I mean, um, that's I, I feel like after we talk about this song, that might be something to bring up just out of because i mean bob Mm. dylan is like the quintessential like you know who was great at lyrics (laughs) yeah bob dylan yeah you know and so i feel (laughs) very celebrated okay grandpa (laughs) (laughs) but that would be interesting to Mm -hmm. uh to bring up but i'd I'd rather hear about passenger but anyways yeah so passenger seat as a song like i i know i started talking about this like five minutes ago uh (laughs) when i but transatlanticism comes to this like frenzied um sort of head where he's just repeating over and over like i need you so much closer i need you so much closer and you can think of it almost like he's literally like going crazy thinking about this and having this horrible like realization and he's out somewhere with this person like i i don't want you to leave and then everything like it the dust settles on that song and you go into a much slower much more ponderous song passenger seat where he's just talking about riding home with this person after something uh i think the sort of illusion is probably after a party like mm-hmm. may have had too much to drink yeah. and he's just hang he's just sitting in the passenger seat with the windows down his feet up on the dash just paying attention to what's going on i'm gonna i'm gonna read all of the lyrics there's really not that many it's a very it's kind of a drawn out song but he doesn't say a whole lot um but it's just i roll the window down and then begin to breathe in the darkest country road and the strong scent of evergreen from the passenger seat as you're driving me home then looking upwards, I strain my eyes and try to tell the difference between the shooting stars and satellites from the passenger seat as you're driving me home. Do they collide? I ask, and you smile. With my feet on the dash, the world doesn't matter. When you feel embarrassed, then I'll be your pride. When you need directions, then I'll be the guide for all time. For all time. Um, and I think that's just like, to me, that song resonates in this like sort of... Um, finality to what transatlanticism was like he's coming Mm -hmm. down from this and just like well this is where i'm at like i'm just describing this scene and this is what i want to be for you but that's just all it's going to be um but i i what i love about this song is just the 
picture that he's painting of what they're doing. Just like, because I can totally see just being in a car, yeah. driving through the evergreen forests of Seattle, and just being able to smell all of the pine trees and everything that's going on, feeling the wind rushing through the car, and just looking at the stars. The darkest country road And the strong scent of evergreen From the passenger seat as you are driving me home then I would play that whole song if I could. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I know, with all three of these songs, there, I was like, which part do I pick? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, the part I have to like settle on most of the time when I'm picking parts for my music is maybe not the best part of the song, right. but something that's like a little flavor of what I'm talking yeah. about. So like, I'm maybe not spoiling the rest of the mm-hmm. song for somebody, but <laughs> I don't know because some parts are just so dependent on yeah, like getting up to that point. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, which I'm afraid I, I might have done a little bit in this next song. Um, Again, I like I do like sad songs, <laughs> and it, I like sad but hopeful songs, sort of. Um, well, I think it's an interesting point to bring up. Like you know, we're talking about sad songs because they clearly resonate with this more. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do sad songs mean more than like a happy song? Is that because there's too many happy songs, or if, is there not enough to say about feeling? I guess a general sense of. I mean, so here's some happiness. Thoughts. There's a couple different directions it easily could be it could be that a when you're already sad you would like to feel comforted by mm-hmm. knowing that other people feel the same way okay. or yeah. <laughs> maybe that it sheds more light on the way that you're feeling because i mean there's sure. even even the bible in proverbs talks yeah. about like yeah uh if somebody's upset like don't try to make them feel happy yeah. <laughs> that's probably not a good idea but it also says to do so in a different spot so it's kind of like I guess, you know, contextual, but, um, read the room, read the room. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad we were both uh, on that same page. <laughs> so, but you know, there's definitely something to that in a lot of situations where it's like, if I'm in a bad mood where like something really sucks, like I don't want to just be like, Oh, but you know what? Ah, it's fine. And just listen to happy by Pharrell. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, I guess part of it is I want to, to feel like other people, understand it's it's more understanding than it is just sympathizing mm-hmm. where like oh well somebody else has it worse off than me it's it's kind of you know feeling like i'm not alone sort of a thing so i wonder if it's sort of that at least at least for me i think that's a big part of it um especially like i you know talked about with the homesick thing like feeling yeah. alone is is a big part of me a lot of mm-hmm. times and so that's um well it, it's exactly that when you do feel alone it's nice to know that like you're you're proven wrong if you listen to a song about yeah, feeling yeah. alone and how somebody else feels it yeah you're automatically not alone anymore <laughs> yeah. at least in that feeling <laughs> yeah exactly and it's uh i mean just the the one thing that i've been thinking about too is like there's these songs that i really like the song and then i listen to the lyrics and i'm like oh my goodness these lyrics are so make the song that much better mm-hmm. so it begs the question like why don't i do that with song with uh, every song you know like cuz i really don't and i <laughs> i don't even like the idea of thinking about just going or out and doing that like you know what let me go back and listen to each of these albums that i like and mm. purposefully trying to listen to these songs and enjoy the their lyrics more so than anything like some of them i'm i'm fine with listening to it the way that it is um and I just, you know, I don't really care as much. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I think, is if I do hear, I'm not very good at analyzing lyrics, I think, to some degree. So when I hear the story of the song outside of the context and then I listen to the song, 
I'm more tempted to, I don't have to do the rationalization to learn what this song is about what through the lyrics, which Mm, is a little bit lazy, but, um, actually all three of these, well, homesick, not so much, but, uh, these two last two. And then one other one that I almost picked are songs that, uh, kind of, you know, I'd heard the songs beforehand and then heard the stories behind them. And then it gave that much light to the song. And then I listened Mm -hmm. to the lyrics. So I don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know what? Actually, let's tease it at that for this one, and let's take a break. But before the break, we're gonna have a game right afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Wait, um, we're gonna have a game now or after the break? After the break. Okay. But I'm going to I'm gonna give the listeners uh, the first question, and then uh, so we're gonna do um, opposite name game. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, yo. So um, I'll give the first one, and I'll explain how it works again after the break. But long story short, uh, the name that I chose is like you know like. The example we gave last time was Fallout Boy. The opposite of that, or actually, a better example is Pearl Jam. What did you oyster uh, oyster jelly? Yeah, that was yeah, the one. Yeah. So the opposite of Pearl Jam or was oyster jelly. So no, Matt that's gave, not what we thought. <laughs> we thought it was clam jam. Clam jam um, is actually what it is. So uh, so yeah. Answer. Here's here's the hint that I'll give for this first one. Uh, <laughs> and I really tried to come up with. I'll, I'll give more explanations afterwards when we go back into the game. Uh, ice cold sour cream. All right, that's uh, let's go to the break and we'll come right back. All right, and we're back. We've come back. We have come back. Um, so I don't know if uh, if anybody guessed that, but in the in the process of the break, are both of our guys got? Oh wait, um, before you guys give your answer, let me let me explain the game a little bit more. Or I mean, I explained it pretty much. But for these, I really <laughs> did try to come up with um, just good. I don't know, things that really still sounded kind of like bad band names, but it's not, you know, I don't want to completely have the syntax be exactly the same, so there might not be a the or whatever, or it might not be plural when it was or something like that. Um, So, yeah, but it was just fun. And I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah, what's everybody's scores? Oh, gosh. Man, I don't know. I've been tallying the scores the last couple of times. I think it's Matt's turn. It's Matt's turn, definitely. As far as my score goes, I haven't actually played it in a while, so I think That's I'm pretty I think accurate. I'm only at like sixteen uh clam jams. Oh wow. Sixteen clam jams. Uh let's Chad, what do you got? Um, I, I might have like nine or ten stethoscopes. I think that's probably where I'm at right now. Easily. Are you sure? Are you I sure mean, it's not microscopes? Well, because you'd have like I don't 90s know. I just, I just feel like microscopes too. would be a lot like the conversion from stethoscope to microscope's pretty whack because like microscopes are just so much more yeah expensive. i mean that's like the conversion from chickens to bases yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's Easy. crazy yeah so all right well now that we don't know what everybody's score is <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh what was ice cold sour cream guys red hot led zeppelin it's a blue ball i'm glad you knew what that was a reference I, oh from. totally no i'm yeah. with you i'm right there with you too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never got that man that movie so it's a Christmas story for anybody yeah. who doesn't know I, I've seen that movie every Christmas except for one since I was born mm-hmm. um, and every TBS. year so it was uh, yeah. every year I I like notice one new joke at yeah. least uh-huh. there's so many things like that the oh it's a ball or, or whatever <laughs> it's a blue ball <laughs> yeah, like or it's a bowling ball yeah, that's yeah. what it is um 
I like I did not get that that it was you know she put it just right in his lap yeah. and it's a big bowling ball yeah. and so and his voice is gonna be real high <laughs> it's gonna be real high oh so. man so yeah <laughs> moving right along um all right hot stop cold go <laughs> cold hot stop. hot stop oh man <laughs> that's great I love it. Uh, chili peppers. <laughs> hot um, stop. Hot stop. Oh, there was another word I could have used instead of stop, but it didn't hmm. feel a, it didn't flow quite as well, and it would have been a little more obvious. I think. I kind of like hot stop. I might I, take that. For honestly, a solo that's project. so. That's what I tried to do with this one. Is like all these kind of you know. Yeah. Except for ice cold sour cream, like it flows, but that's not. A, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad band name right there. Hey man, you ever throw some? Ice cold sour cream on your tacos. <laughs> so, uh, do you guys want any hints for anything? I'll take Hot a hint. Stop. Yeah, okay. let's go with a hint. Um, so, this would not refer to stopping on like a road. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, stopping something else. Uh-huh. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like a not like a pause or play. Something like that. Coldplay. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> You got it. Yeah, hot stop, cold play. I was so hung up on cars stopping, and I was like, ice go, ice pedal. Ice pedal. I had oh, man. Okay, here's, um, this, yeah, I'll, uh, let's see. Let's go down to mountain men. Mountain men. Mountain men. Valley girls. Nope. <laughs> Solid effort, though, probably. Mountain men. Mountain men. Mountain men. Opposites. Mm. Mm. Ooh, something boys. Mm. Mm. The Soggy Bottom Boys. (laughs) 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 Yes. Oh, man. That was the first time I was like, wait, bluegrass is good. (laughs) Um, I was also like 12, so I just never heard it before. But um, wait, no, that was the actual answer? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I was going to say, no, that was, wait, so. Not at all. Um, so you're right on boys. And where would you rather take a vacation? Mountain? Beach boys. Beach boys. The beach boys. There you go. That's you got it. Was. All right. Um, I'd rather go to the mountains. This one's going to be a bit I tricky, I think. I would rather go to the mountains. Um, this, one, this one is going to be tricky to retrofit. Mm. Helium Land Rover. What? <laughs> Land, helium Land yep. Rover? It's, kinda, it's a little more specific than it really mm. needs to be. Um, helium, so what's rubber. what's something about helium? Well, it's an element. Yeah, it sure is. It goes it in balloons. Sure. Mm-hmm. It sure does. The balloon part maybe doesn't matter so much. Oh, but okay. I mean, I was kind of. Say Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I guess the balloon part does matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I balloons take coverage of the fact that you said the balloon doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I just meant with the healing part. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Okay, this one, uh, I'm not as proud of this one, but whatever. Oh, so I was really on it with the element thing, because it's oh. literally just another element. Yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. Lead okay. and helium. I figured yeah. lead is one of the heaviest elements. Yeah. Helium is the lightest element. Okay. Hydrogen is lighter than Hydrogen's helium. Hydrogen is higher. Well, hydrogen is hydrogen than just, helium. It dependent. Yeah. Because hydrogen doesn't exist by itself for the most part. It so depends on the mass. Right. Um I, so I remember lots of things from chemistry class. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one, um immobile grass or static grass. Something immobile like that. grass or static grass. Yep. I'm gonna say something dirt or sand, maybe. Nope. <sighs> Immobile grass, guys. I can't go anywhere this week. My my grass is just not moving. <laughs> it is. 
tumbleweeds? Tumble, tumble is. We are the tumbleweeds. It's a simpler word than tumble, but like, but that's the right kind of motion. I just pictured a band on stage, like, "Hi, we're the tumbleweeds," and then they don't play any music. <laughs> oh man, I love that so much. Huh. Honestly, or um, when. Uh, uh, what was the band that did Wolfpack did their silent album? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah, would have been a great name for the album, Tumbleweeds, Tumbleweeds. where yeah. it's just silence. Yeah. Every once in a while, you get a. All right, so immobile grass. Immobile uh, grass. So tumbling is a good motion. These are all really famous bands, you. by the way. Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. It's Rolling Stones. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, we've got a couple more. I can uh, I can stop as soon as we want to, but I've got I got a number more. Oh, never bring stop. Em. Okay, um, Justin Bieber. ZXWX, which just sounds like a radio station. ACDC. ACDC. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, I yeah. get it, but also <laughs> I, I didn't even like register the actual letters you said at first. So it was just like what? <laughs> Thank you for coming to ZXWX. <laughs> Today, um, I totally almost said up. ABBA, like A-B-B-A. <laughs> I was thinking oh, like man. no FX, and then I was like, well, that's probably yeah. not it, though. <laughs> All right, uh, this one's going to be pretty easy. Video foot. Radiohead. Radiohead. Did or I power. use that one? You when might I have. I couldn't thing. remember what you li- used last week, <laughs> I, I, so. I didn't. I, I wrote them down. <laughs> I couldn't find them. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, here's another one that I don't have on my list, but I mm-hmm. thought of earlier as well. Um, uh, I'm forgetting it because I write, didn't write it down on my list. Mm. But um, this is what happens. Xbox head, Xbox head, Xbox head, or PlayStation head would also work. Ooh, oh, mm. oh, specifically PlayStation Five head or Xbox Two head. We we foot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hmm. I wonder why X the PS Five or Xbox Two. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Slow down there, cowboy. I don't, I'm not following. <laughs> well, these aren't consoles that really exist yet. Yeah, which uh, the not existing part isn't quite as relevant mm. as the generation. Uh, uh, what's the one I didn't mention? Switch foot. That's the oh, one. That's the oh, one it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> technically the first Gen 9 console-ish. <laughs> um, all right, I've got, I've got four more. We want to do all four? Do yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Do um, let's do some easier ones first. Nope. These are all fairly hard. <laughs> Bring, Bring it on. on. All right. Fixing squash. Y'all won't come in for dinner for fixing squash. <laughs> That's exactly. When I wrote it, I was like, fixing squash. <laughs> fixing squash. It should be the Smashing fix- pumpkins. Smashing yeah. pumpkins. There you go. Okay. Um, perceived dinosaurs. Uh, ooh. Ooh. It's there's not quite an opposite. I mean, for either of these, but mm-hmm. um, perceive is there's a conceptual reason, I guess, why it's kind of an opposite. But um, perceive dragons, perceive dinosaurs, imagine dragons. <laughs> imagine dragons. Man, that was totally. My <laughs> you really gave that away there. <laughs> uh, I feel like imagining something and actually perceiving it, like in your line of vision, that's maybe fair. is kind of opposite. But yeah, that, yeah sure, kind of rough. All right, two more. Um, Savannah slug. Savannah slug. <laughs> this one just cracked me up when I wrote it and thought about it. There's a bunch of these that I wrote them, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> my desk at work today. Uh, I think hot stop. I was like, hot stop. Hot stop. <laughs> Funny. Savannah slug. Savannah slug. So Man. it's a Georgia town. 
No, so um, maybe Sahara Slug would be better. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sahara oh, Slug. Like the Savannah Desert. Arctic Monkeys? Arctic, Arctic Monkeys. Woo! I guess nice. monkeys move a lot. Slugs yeah. don't. I don't yeah, know. They're pretty, That's what I was saying. All right, mobile. last one. There's the first word of the... It's a two-word band, but the first word's kind of a compound word mm. that means something by itself, but I didn't really know what it meant by itself. So I'm going to give two options. So one of them is with it as a compound word. So it's, you know, two words. And the mm. second one is as kind of three words with it mm. split up a little bit. Okay. Um, so either... Pinto Whopper or Solo Leaf Whopper? Uh, <laughs> this one's hard. Uh, so, so, I feel like Whopper is going to be your easiest place to start. Dual Tree Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> that, that You're doing all right with the Whopper comparison. Oh. So is it like Fleetwood Mac? Or Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac! Mac. So the reason I'll give the reasoning behind it in case everybody's like, "What in the world? That was dumb." Fleetwood uh, is apparently a luxury car from like the forties. There huh. you go. Did not know, uh-huh. um, or I misread that, and that's completely uh, wrong. I didn't know. But Fleet I'm, and Wood, and then yeah. So uh, either uh, Pinto uh, because that's yeah, not that's a luxury a, car yeah, and that sucks. Gotcha. Uh, both my parents have owned a Pinto before, <laughs> and that was like when they met each other. Like, oh we've, no, I maybe they, whatever it doesn't matter. I think they had it when they were married, um, or Solo Leaf, a fleet of cars ah. versus being solo and wood not leaf yep that's what i got that's pretty clever <laughs> hey, teamwork makes the dream work yep. yeah. uh, everybody at home uh, make sure to keep your scores and remember to do the whoppy do the trappa wow <laughs> i don't know what that was but i liked it a lot it was uh you know like a fake slogan from a thing me that wasn't real words <laughs> It honestly just reminded me of the movie Pootie Tang, which is such a funny Whoa! movie. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is the name of a character. He's a guy. <laughs> I'm digging myself into holes over here. Which is also a movie and a book. Join us holes. next week. Holes. When we <laughs> keep we talking talk about more holes. <laughs> the, like the movie with Shia LaBeouf. Yep. Who knows what we'll which get into. Which made me really mad because he's supposed to be, in the book, he's caveman, which is this big old guy. I mean, not big, old, but he's this big kid that's supposed to be like pretty chubby and hefty and stuff. And then in the movie, it's Shia LaBeouf, who's this tiny little kid. Yeah, he's he had a little chubby cheeks on him. I mean, barely. He like, he's he supposed to be like big, like then. he was caveman. He's like, I'm big, you know? I'm big. He was kind of like, I'm big, you know? I'm big. Do you guys remember the post-credits rap scene? Oh, 100%. I don't remember it in that, like, remember the words, but I remember that I loved it. Yeah. Also, there's a movie called The Fighting Temptations, and that one also had a rap scene that I thought was the coolest thing, and it was back in my Linkin Park days where I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. I learned this really fast rap that I think Ice Cube did, Mm -hmm. and I was very proud of myself. Nice. Now to talk about things very much not like that at all, let's get back into lyrics. So my next example is Ice Cube. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to perfectly rap the whole song from Fighting Temptations. Not at all. I completely forget. I would really love for you to do that. I, right although now. I do remember a good number of Linkin Park full raps because I was I really liked them a lot. Seventh One grade thing. was a hard time I don't for know us all. Why. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Watch as I rhyme to explain the due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch countdown to the end of the day. The clock ticks life away. It's so odd. Didn't look out below. More than an actual note. Have you all seen that video recently? 
No, because it's for horrible. In the yeah. Oh man, there's a bunch it's of music videos bad. for that album that are like, that "What video. are you doing? This is super." There was one for I want to say it was "Place for My Head." No, I don't remember. It was track four. Um, so whatever song that was, it starts mm. with a P, but I don't remember. In any case, the <laughs> the music video was just a bunch of flying robots. And it had no musicians, like people playing in the band at all. I have no idea what was going on. Was I feel it like, like the height of Matrix praise, probably. maybe. Yeah, so it was around like, that time. Sentinels. And it was just like, <laughs> here's some flying robots. And I was like, guys, what is going on? Oh man, yeah, that was uh, that was a good time right there. Good time, grade, man. So yeah, speaking of speaking of amazing lyrics, <laughs> Sling Park, uh, they do they do Ooh. it. <laughs> uh, no hate, no hate. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to get back into talking about a, a actually very like great and sad song. <laughs> so this is uh, man, I, I need to like bring myself down from all that to, to think about real things. But the, I so I talked about Tyson Motzenbacher last week that I was listening to his album. Mm-hmm. This is the title track on that, or not the title track, just the first track on that album, and it was the one that I played in the little like uh, intro bit, you know when we play little bits of the bands that we're talking about in the beginning. Um, so you guys, unless you listen to last week's episode, the two of you uh, didn't actually hear that, but <laughs> who listens to this? <laughs> I think you do. Oh, <laughs> Me too. <I> do. Uh, <laughs> mostly for troubleshooting. I'm like, did I, miss, did I miss like a whole bunch of stuff that I need to edit out? But uh, yeah, in any case, Chad's curse this words. song, <laughs> this song is really, really good. Um, like I said last week, the context for the whole album it's not all about his mom and her cancer, but a lot of it is. And so there's a couple songs about specific different elements of that. Like it's not all just kind of rehashing the same uh, kind of subject of it. One of the things like after, after she passed away, he walked from, I think uh, wherever LA to San Francisco, I think because that's, he lived in LA and he was just like, I'm just going to walk. So we walked for like 40 days or something. It turned out, um, which is, I think, just kind of coincidental timing that it was 40 days to walk there. But, um, yeah, and just kind of process through the whole thing. And his mom, like I said, kind of helped him process the whole thing as well. This song specifically is, uh, it's called In Your Name. And it's sort of a cynical kind of song of like, um, he's he's a Christian artist. and But this song is kind of one of those like, like what's going on? Like, uh, there's all this... Like, God, why are you paying attention to all these other random things? And there's some sarcasm in the song. Like, so the first line of it, um, well, not not the first line, but he's talking about his mom. I'll, I'll just read the whole thing. It's pretty, it's not too long, but uh, you were loudly living on your final 90 pounds, cross-legged on the south porch with the Bible in your hand. And when I prayed for healing, my father's words rang through the door. Son, I don't think Jesus is in business of healing anymore. Well, maybe he's occupied with other people's wars, or he's organized militia to fight the war on Christmas, or maybe he's protecting our children from the gays who have promised to destroy this utopia we've made in his name, in his name, in his name. So that's the first kind of verse and stuff, and it's listening to it, it's, ooh, it's really heavy. Um, but just this feeling of like, what's like, what's going on? So the part that I want to read, and then it'll go into what we're actually, what I'll show is listening to is the next verse is... Uh, the early father's writing to build a younger church up tall, saying faith without the action isn't anything at all. I know perspective isn't static between what I see and what you do, but if you choose to stand by idly, then what does that make you? And then here, let me go ahead and just play the next part. And the lyrics are just so good. I heard that you've been speaking through the mail on the TV And you helped the Dallas Mavericks 
their field goal percentage So when my mother's doctor calls again With more bad news It's an honest heart's reaction Oh my God, have you been listening to? So yeah, that's the, I heard him talk about it on a podcast, kind of behind the scenes of, of this. It was at some point around that time, somebody tweeted out like, my prayers were answered, the Dallas Mavericks beat, you know, whatever, that it was like, that was the thing they were praying about. And it's like, okay, if, if really that's the prayers that God is answering, like what, I think that's what a is very that? <laughs> that's a very very mature sign of a Christian artist and I've made this argument many times I'll probably make it many times again <laughs> my biggest problem with Christian music mainstream Christian music is that not once does anybody ever have a flaw with Christianity. Right. It's always so perfect and everything is just so great. And nobody's the, the, struggling to believe anything. Well, the most struggles that people have are just that I have struggles, but Jesus, you right. said, like, okay, great. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's like Toby from Emory. I listened to their podcast a bunch for a long time. So there are a lot of the reference that I have. But one of the things when he was trying to write some album was. Or no, it was back when he was in like youth group or something. His youth group leader was like, yeah, you can write about whatever bad things like you want. As long as right at the end, you tie it up with a neat bow that's like, and Jesus took care of it. Exactly. And like, but you can't kind of live in that moment of the in-between of like, what is, everything's falling apart. Like, what is this? Where, and it always has to like resolve at the end, which I have a tendency to want to do that too with a lot of my songs where it's like, I'm feeling this way, Mm -hmm. but like try to point towards hope at the end because that's kind of what I'm doing for myself too mm-hmm. is like reminding yeah. myself like there's hope. Well, that can often cheapen it if you're really feeling this right. this like you know dark heavy thing or whatever it might be, and then you try to resolve it for the audience's sake or just to give it hope at the end when there really is none, then it cheapens the song. It's mm-hmm. never going to make the song better. Right. So and and yeah, like I said before, like there's really there's nothing wrong with having straight positive lyrics and, and, you know, especially in worship music, people don't want to hear worship music to hear about (laughs) hard things. But, you know, if you claim yourself to be a Christian writer and, and you, you know, have this, this faith in God, but at the same time, you never question anything about it. It doesn't seem real. It seems like you're just fabricating this like a lot of modern pop music does like right. oh all we do is party all yeah. we do is live <laughs> yeah. live 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 tonight tonight's night party mm-hmm. party party that's a lie yeah. we all know that's a lie and i mean some people are whatever enough to believe it They're, it's not yeah. it doesn't make you dumb it doesn't make you stupid to like yeah. that but there's nothing real about maybe that music. naive though you know uh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. that's possible and i mean to that too i feel like um recently there's been more songs where like you know my wife will tell me about um, oh, this artist, this pop artist that is singing about like their anxiety and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. And I, I, there's a part of me that can't help but wonder that for the first bunch of them, it was legitimate. And now it's become a thing of like, trend. I'm really anxious and like, <laughs> yeah. I have depression and that where it's like, and now that's not real, you know, like, <laughs> and it's possible that it really is, but I feel like there's just... You know, or people just because somebody sings about anxiety doesn't mean they legitimately have anxiety in the same way. Like my wife openly talks about, she really does. Um, versus like I get anxious about stuff, but I don't have anxiety. Like I just yeah. well, there's a difference in like being clinically having clinical right. anxiety and like having hormone imbalances or something like that that are like just 
physically something's mm-hmm. happening or just stressful you. life and like just, that's and not just being <laughs> bummed out about something yeah like yeah. things are stressful right now and so i'm getting bummed out about this thing like yeah, i think that's called being things. a millennial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, uh like, yeah so i mean there's me there's i feel like there's pop songs that will talk about real things but not a whole lot of them and they get cheapened so quickly absolutely and so that's that's the thing yeah like you said it just feels fake at that point mm-hmm. and then that sucks <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's another uh, songwriter that we've talked about on this show before, Sufjan Stevens, who's yeah. a mm-hmm. you know self-claimed Christian, and and maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I don't know. I would I would like to believe he's a Christian guy who has a lot of you know positive beliefs and, and faiths, but he writes a lot of that same kind of music. He writes about real stuff yeah. that's not easy to deal with, mm-hmm. and a lot of times in his music, he kind of points a finger at God for like you know these things it's like you know if you're so great and wonderful all the time why why are you letting this happen and why you know how come nobody wants to talk about that part of it hmm. I just think that's a very interesting topic yeah. to, to go there and discuss that well and I think for a lot of people like and, and there's a difference kind of like between what Sufjan's doing and what like somebody who's just sitting in their bedroom writing songs to like process through things is Mm -hmm. doing but i think for a lot of those folks like songwriting can be a way to process like what you're feeling or what you're going through um because i mean like just again being a person sucks sometimes there's Mm -hmm. that's just kind of an unavoidable part of existence uh on earth is that there's going to be (laughs) things that happen that a you don't understand b suck really bad and c you're not equipped to deal with well i think and 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 for some people like like I'm kind of this way for me when like, I had a really huge thing happen to me in 2013 and like I could not just think about it yeah. because my head had a million thoughts <laughs> and I had no idea how to feel about anything. And so like there were a couple of songs that came out of that, that it was like, I like wrote those specifically because I, I just needed to get thoughts out of my head and onto something so that I could stop thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, or for some people, it's it's just a means of like ordering how they're feeling about something, and it's not always how you end up feeling about something. Like right. Tyson probably didn't end with that song and like feel that way for the rest <laughs> of his right. life. Sure. Like right. he there, but there is a process of like, okay, I wrote this song and it's there and it exists now. I'm not really going to change it just because I don't feel that way particularly anymore. Like it's still a valid song. Yeah. It still has valid feelings and there are people that will resonate with that mm-hmm. and that's fine. You don't, it, I really take umbrage with having to t- put a nice bow on it because yeah. sometimes when you write that and you finish it and it's just kind of like, okay, that's what it is. That's how you felt. And maybe yeah. you changed afterwards, but right. you don't have to go back and like, I feel oh, like I'm that's why like breakup albums are really a lot of times really good is because there's not the, f- the filter that goes on it where, um, you know, there's, there's times it's hard for me to write, uh, songs about like frustration in, you know, if there's something that's like kind of rough in my marriage or something like that, it's harder for me to write that because I also know like, Hey, it's going to be fine. You know, at some point. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And B, I don't want, like, frankly, I don't want to like sing this song about how things are bad without ending it with a good note so that people don't, if any, if somebody hears it, they don't be like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's this extra weight that goes on top of that where it's like honestly I'd rather my marriage be be mm-hmm. fine about it and talk to people in private. Well yeah. If you know about whatever small things going on at the time or something instead of instead of that but in a breakup album yeah. <laughs> you can it's or songs or whatever there's this weight that's lifted of like I don't care who knows it's like if that person hears it cool all the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it, it makes to where there's just this freedom that comes along with it because you don't feel like you have to wrap it up in this nice bow at the end. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, if there's some kind of minor like marriage problem or relationship problem, even if it's not a marriage or mm-hmm. like a, you know, what, like an intimate relationship. Yeah. It's hard to write about those things knowing that it's going to get better. Like yeah. this is, yeah. and that's a, a feeling. Thankfully I have, yeah, like I right. always can look and say, yeah, it's crappy now, but it's, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like a breakup that's more or less permanent, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's done it's until easier to write that stuff down and <laughs> yeah. get those thoughts out. Well, yeah. and especially to you, like when you have a continued relationship with somebody, you don't want to keep like rehashing this yeah. bad thing that happened <laughs> right. that maybe like was partially your fault and partially their fault. But at the time you're writing about something that it's just like, well, you kind of suck because you did this. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. then like, you're going to sing that song multiple times. And this like, person sucks because they did this. Yeah. 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 And then it's yeah. just like, I'm going to bring this up again because I'm not over it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, sucks. I really am over it, but, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but it's this is my most popular song. song so. <laughs> I have to keep singing. Yeah. No, I get that. Lyrics. Yeah. Lyrics are crazy. So uh, my next one, I went a little little classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I picked Pink Floyd. (laughs) I picked Pink. Pink Floyd. The artist, the pop artist. The artist currently known as Pink. Pink pink with exclamation points. Yes. Yes. Pink. Uh, Well, it's pink in the middle, so it's like, Pink. Oh, (laughs) good point. You guys are smart. Yeah, I picked her uh, because she's, you know, she's a party girl and she teaches me how to party and and to feel like an independent woman. And she's coming up. uh, No, that's is that that's not pink. No, no. no. Oh, yeah. She's coming up. So you better get the party started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That brings like immediately 2001 or something (laughs) like just weird. Super weird. I'm anyway. so 2008, and you're just so 2008. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. Man, that's 10 years ago. Keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. Do other things. Uh, uh, I picked Pink Floyd, which was more than 10 years ago. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> more than more than 10 years before I was born. Uh, yeah. Right? No. Yeah, I've said over and over again, Pink Floyd and classic rock group of bands were like my favorite growing up. And I, I picked this one song in particular basically because if anybody asks me like hey what, what are some of your favorite lyrics i immediately jump to this song it's time off dark side of the moon it's a very famous song but uh the reason i wanted to talk about it tonight is because recently i kind of had a rekindling of this song because i remember as a 17 year old kid listening to it for you know kind of the first time and there's a specific line that's talking about like how you're gonna feel in 10 years and you know how like and that's the the lyric that I'm going to talk about, but basically, um, David Gilmore is writing, you know, like, um, time and lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain. Uh, but you are young and life is long and there's time to kill today. And then one day you find 10 years have got behind you and no one told you where to run. And I looked at it as a 17 year old and I wanted to take that as like a philosophy, like, okay, yeah, he's, I, I get this. Like he's saying in 10 years, you know, if, if you don't take action now, you're going to look back and be like, well, you know, no one told me what to do, so I'm still in the same spot. And I'm 27 this year. And you know what? <laughs> I heard that song. It and was inevitable. <laughs> unfortunately, I was very disappointed in myself when I heard that song. Not to say that, like, things haven't turned out the way I wanted in my life, but just going back and revisiting this, like, I am not at all what my 17-year-old self imagined. And maybe that's a good thing, and maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. but (laughs) Probably for the most part. But just listening to the song and realizing that, yeah, as much as I 
force myself to not feel this way in 10 years. Like, don't just stay at home and watch the rain. Don't just (laughs) sit at home and not do the thing because there's time later. Like, there's a lot of moments in my life that I absolutely regret, like, not taking this chance. Like, well, you know, like, oh, well, I had to work that day so i didn't get to go to the cool thing why didn't i just not go to work like, <laughs> I don't know. and then like you know of course when i was 17 18 years old i think oh well if i skip you know second period today then that's gonna ruin the rest of my life you know? <laughs> no like and i again i'm not trying to like advocate that like you if you're a young kid listening to this that you you do all the things <laughs> that you're not supposed to do you know like go to yeah. school and, and go to work and stuff but I don't know. Just reflecting on that, it's it's definitely uh, it it still rings home. The things and, that are kind of like once in a lifetime opportunities, yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always thought like, no, there'll there'll be another opportunity. Like the yeah. music festivals that I didn't go to, yeah. I always thought like, no. I mean, there's a bunch I, of those. Like, <laughs> I can I can spend that money on something else this year, and yeah. I do that year after year. Like you know, I can spend the time doing this instead, or yeah. I'll get to that next year. I promise. And it you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. So, but anyways, what were you going to say, Parker? Uh, yeah, I think, oh, just similar things with like festivals. I can definitely Mm -hmm. think of a bunch of those. There was one, it was Taste of Chaos, which was that a thing here? Just, I think it was kind of the Europe side of, um, oh, a warp tour sort of. So it was, it was over there, but yeah, it was like Under Oath and Seosin and Thrice and, uh, and it was on my birthday and I just decided not to go for some stupid reason. I think there were, there were some other artists there for sure, but those are kind of some of the main ones. Uh, maybe even Emery, to be honest. I don't, I don't know, but I didn't go. And then two of my friends that went to my school, well, I guess there were more of my sister's friends. I don't know. But two mm-hmm. kids that went to my school were like, yeah, we hung out with the Underworld. We went on their bus and no. hung out with them. And I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> like, I messed you know, up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not... I've seen them since. I don't really care. Sure. It's you know, it's not a big deal, but it's kind of like that's just what it, it could have been neat. You know, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't have been not neat in any yeah. case. <laughs> so you know, I'm not particularly sad that I missed out on all these things, but it's kind of like I would have had a couple more stories to tell, and that's yeah, not a bad right. thing. Yeah, right. So yeah, that, I mean, and my my big one that I always reflect back on is when I was in college, always living off campus to save money. And Mm. yeah, it was the smarter decision because I was broke as a joke, but (laughs) I always wish I would have lived on campus at least for a year so I I could get that more full college experience. I lived on campus one year, but it was like the apartments on campus kind of thing. And I wish I had lived in a dorm instead just because like I had a bunch of friends that lived in the dorm and it was just a good time. And I was like, I mean, I, I'm very glad for the other years. I lived with friends. That was great. Mm-hmm. But that one year, at least, my living situation kind of sucked, whereas it could have been at least just medium or at least mm-hmm. a more kind of cultural experience of sorts, <laughs> yep. which it was not. Yeah. I am way too introverted to have ever wanted to live in the dorms. <laughs> Oof. But, yep. So are we going to listen to time? Let's yeah. Get it. yeah, let's listen to it. There you go. Groovy. 
That's a song about groovy, songs. Groovy, groovy, groovy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song about uh, songs. We got one one left each, and we'll try to go fast. Go for it, Chad. Uh, I only have one left, and I'm going to save it for the last because it's kind of a different thing. Go for it. I'm I'm I only have one left. I'm going to do it. No, next, I know. So. I, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Mine, mine's I kind of a see. goofy thing. Ah, and so, fun times. If you I all have now. like more serious now things, I understand. I would like for you to now go I first. comprehend. <laughs> the things make sense to me as of now. I'm going to keep going for on that for no. Please unbutton your shirt a little confused. Man alive. All right. I'll go for my last one. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is one of my favorite bands at the moment, at least. Um, it's a band called Silent Planet, and they're a metal band who is phenomenally good. Uh, yeah, if you like metal at all, you would enjoy them. Wait, what are they called? Silent Planet. I didn't hear you. Silent <gasps> It's a joke. Planet. <laughs> planet. Okay, fine. <laughs> Don't say the band name. Because uh, it has silent. You're so funny. All right, uh, but yeah. So this this song is called Panic Room, and a lot of their songs. So they're uh, they're a band on Solid State, which is related to Tooth and Nail, um, but it's like the heavier side of it. And this band's man, it's really. I don't even I don't know what to say to explain it in a lot of ways, but a lot of their songs are about very specific things, like maybe some historical event, and it does a great job of talking about that topic. That's this kind of sort of dull not necessarily dull but kind of like unapproachable topic Mm -hmm. and bringing you into it really closely this song specifically is called panic room um it was one of the singles off their newest album um that man i just forgot the title of but that's okay (laughs) it's their newest album so you can check it out and it's it's about it's based on a true story watch the music video also if you want to listen to it outside of this watch the music video don't just listen to the song i mean the song is amazing but the music video is um is fairly crazy it's Based on a true story about a guy with PTSD, long story mm. short. So it's a friend, I think, of the vocalists, and the uh, all the comments are like something in the video or something to the effect of like poetic core and stuff. Yeah. Where the he, he's such a good lyricist, and the I'll, I'll go ahead and read the lyrics ahead of time because they're going to be hard to understand somewhat <laughs> because it's screaming, but it's also not that hard to understand because it's not so much screamed as kind of I don't know, spoken a little bit uh, in the intro part. But the part that we're going to listen to is right at the beginning of the song. Uh, Lustrous lines obscured by opaque blinds. Frozen metacarpals tap, tap, tap the window glass. Syncopated staccatos with the broken glass. Synchronized with my post-traumatic tics. Tics talking to the space in the room that echoes back indiscernible. To my disconnected self. Self. It's self-consuming. What's ensuing is my undoing. The nightly casualty of war. And it sounds like this. War. Endless war. And so, like, a lot of metal doesn't have, you know, like, <laughs> poetic kind of lyrics. And this, def- like, all of their lyrics are amazing at that kind of thing. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to it. But the one thing, the last line of it that I just read, too, is, and it sounds, and, or the nightly casualties of war, and it sounds like this, war. And is uh, one of the few songs, or, like, not few songs, but a lot of metal, it'll talk about stuff that doesn't necessarily sound like what it's talking about at the same time. Yeah. And this is an instance where I feel like it's text painting a lot in yeah. that it's like, it feels like war mm-hmm. right there where it's just, and the music video is, um, it's really just the singer. You'll see him kind of intermittently. And otherwise it's this, um, you know, a, a vet kind of guy, mm-hmm. this kind of big burly, you know, 30 year old kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, uh, 
like I think a property that he bought like a house kind of a broken down house that he bought where he goes to and I think this is part of the true story too where he goes to to release his PTSD essentially in the sense that like he'll go there on a daily or weekly basis or whatever take a baseball bat just beat stuff up Hmm. because like that's the only way he can get out like all this stuff from his head and so the song has all these visuals of like you know just where in in the middle of the day it's just all of a sudden he's in war and and that kind of thing. So it's really intense, um, but very poetic and stuff too. So I'll go ahead and play it. That's what, exactly what I expected to happen there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's the also like they're a band that we talked about heavy a while ago, and I feel like they do heavy very well. Hmm. Where it's there's a lot of that anticipation kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and like listening to this song, whenever I actually pay attention to it, especially I just get goosebumps like almost every time because it's painting such a good picture uh, of something that I can't even begin to like it puts me in the place of this person that I can't relate to at all um, and it also talks about some of the um, like something along the, the lines of like when Red Cross packages get sent out or whatever and that to to this soldier that's kind of like okay cool this is like this is great and stuff and then to us who's sending the Red Cross things we feel very high and mighty of like mm-hmm. I did this very helpful thing and meanwhile there's this guy that's back home from war and just struggling like yeah. more than we can even imagine kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's, if you like metal at all, check this album out, especially check this song out just cause we talked about it. Now, you know, the backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some of the other songs talk about like sex trafficking and, but in very like kind of obscureish hmm. terms where it's not very explicit, but it's, ex- you know, talking, talking about it at the same time or, um, uh, about how like native Americans were, um, you know pushed out and stuff yeah and there's some specific story i think that they even talk about uh in terms of that but overall it's a great album and this song is really good nice all right i'm gonna i'm gonna build the the blocks (laughs) of getting us out of this deep dark hole we've (laughs) these are the songs that (laughs) oh you're good give me the feels my song is not about sex trafficking (laughs) (laughs) that can be said of a lot of songs at least (laughs) pretty accurate (laughs) so it's better In a mood sense, a hundred percent. No, I, uh, this, this one isn't, I guess it's not particularly a happy song, but it mm-hmm. definitely makes me very happy. Um, it, it, it's kind of like the, uh, the counterpoint to the last thing that I talked about, uh, you know, kind of like reflecting on life and uh, being upset with, with the way, like the things that you didn't do or, you know, whatever. Um, this next song is a Sufjan Stevens song. Uh, it's Chicago. Yeah. Um, so which good. is, I mean, yeah, might come up next week <laughs> for the topic that we have next week. Be sure to listen oh, afterwards yeah. to hear what the topic's going to be. Ooh. <laughs> Keep going. Be sure, <laughs> be sure to drink, drink your, your Ovaltine. Ovaltine. <laughs> it's a crummy commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soap poisoning. All right. <laughs> <keep going. laughs> uh, all right. 
more Christmas story references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just do that. The rest of the show. Yeah, I picked Chicago. Um, I guess I say this is kind of a counterpoint because to me, well, what I get out of the song is almost the feeling of you did something and it that's the way it turned out and good or bad. That's how it is, you know, because, you know, he writes over and over in the song, like all things go mm-hmm. and, you know, all things grow. And, um, you know, that's just kind of it, the song is on a literal level about just packing up and driving to Chicago and mm-hmm. just driving and getting away from home. And, you know, I mean, I left at home at 18, not knowing what I was getting into and yeah. I did what I did. And that's kind of the way it is. And, you know, <laughs> and you can either, you can either look back at it and with, with the negative standpoint of, man, I should have done this or I should have done that, or, you know, it should have been different. Or you can look back at it as this is what happened. And, this is where we are now and we're going to keep going this way because this is how it is. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just the feeling that I get out of the song. And there are many interpretations one could take from this music, but uh, yeah, I'll play the sample real quick and it's a very happy song. The main interpretation is if you've seen little miss sunshine, you're going <laughs> to love this song. <laughs> close to the state. I don't mind. I don't mind. I made a lot of mistakes. In my mind, in my mind, you came to take us. All things go, all things go to recreate us. All things go, all things Yeah, but you know, he says over and over in that song, like, I made a lot of mistakes. And whereas you might look at that and think, oh, a lot of mistakes. I don't know. Just the way that it's written in this song doesn't make it a bad thing. Yep. And, it's kind of like, yeah. I made mistakes, I learned from them, I'm moving yeah, on, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. All so, things go, you know. Yeah, keep, exactly. Keep on going. So that's not to say, though, if you want to listen to this entire album, don't think that you're going to get a nice, happy, <laughs> go lucky record the I whole time. I don't know, time. John Wayne Gacy Jr., that's a pretty happy <laughs> song. Uh, it's not. You, you get some, you get some real low, some real heavy, real low things, heavy, in that, heavy in that record. But anyway, heavy, heavy, low. That low. particular song kind of right? builds us out heavy of the uh, the nastiness, yeah. the gross stuff, the bad stuff that we're just gonna shove that deep down inside and not Here's talk about. I, it. Never hopefully, talk about if it other people feel like me, the songs that are sad as well are like. A little bit, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's cathartic. Yeah, cause that's the word. I was going to say lethargic, and I was like, that's, wrong. A little that's lethargic. definitely wrong. <laughs> it just makes me feel really sluggish. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, though, too. It makes me feel like I've just eaten a lot of Cracker Barrel. And that's, <laughs> that's what I want. You got some country fried steak, and then the mashed potatoes just sort of filled in all the cracks. But <laughs> I don't want to move because I'm just full of tryptophan. Yeah, so anyways. Uh, yeah, last no, but not least. I, last but not least. So I, I picked... I just I wanted to talk about Ben Folds because um, he's just an amazing lyricist. Like the dude just writes songs, and I could have picked any number of his songs that are really depressing and really sad. Uh, he's got a lot of songs that deal with like nostalgia and growing up and how much that sucks and can be really hard, or like people losing their jobs or people dying or being trapped in marriages, and the only thing they think about is like a one night stand they had eight years ago. And it, I mean, like the dude has songs that will make you feel things. But then just randomly, a song like this will pop out. And so that's the one I decided to pick for whatever reason, because it's still amazing. He's still an amazing lyricist. But just where did this come from? Effing time could be a wonderful effing place. I can see it from the highway. And I'm wondering where the effing in the yard 
carts, a thing in their cars, a thing in the trailers in the back roads and the parking lots of Effington, making my way to normal Illinois. Maybe I should ditch this little white riddle on the interstate and start a new effing life. <laughs> like the whole really song fun. has a cadence of a joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh like he just goodness. throws that in there like this is why in case you forgot. Yeah. Um it's it's literally like he was driving to Normal Illinois and saw this place called Effingham actually yeah. on the road. Is it Normal Illinois? Yeah, he was yeah, he was driving to Normal Illinois. Just funny because <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Effingham is a not you know, yeah. normal, all yeah. things considered, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but he just kind of decided to write a song about it. And it's really, this song actually starts out with this like chorus of people singing, uh, really kind of ironically, if there's a God, he is laughing at us and our football teams. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into this song and it's just like what what was that um, but it, you know it's just kind of a goofy song he has these every like now and then he'll just throw in these really goofy little kind of clever songs he's just actually really good at writing lyrics that mean something yeah and or just like don't mean anything and are just goofy little things but they sound really cool i don't know he's an amazing pianist and just an, an incredible songwriter and you just listen sure. to his listen to his albums, but For just sure. beware. Seven years ago. You're For gonna sure. you're gonna get some explicit material because <laughs> not boy, in that one though. Apparently. Yeah, no, that yeah. one's totally clean. Only totally clean. suggestively. Yeah. Play that one. For He's the just kids. referencing <laughs> the name of the town. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Man, there were lyrics when I was. Uh, we list. My parents really like the president of the United States of America, yeah. <laughs> and there's some songs of theirs that they wouldn't let me listen to just because the lyrics out of context would have sounded like something bad it's there's well, one that's i think it's called body and it's about it's like i want to see your body or something like that but it's about a salamander <laughs> but as a kid if that's i were walking awesome. around singing i want to see your body i yeah. want to see you know whatever it is then everybody be like what in the world and there was another song that just goes everybody wants to be naked and famous everybody wants to be just like me i'm naked and famous and there was another eighth grade kid that we were playing that in the car and he apparently didn't pay attention to the whole thing because after my dad was dropping him off from my eighth grade birthday party or 13 14 year old birthday party um he dropped him off and he was waiting for his parents to pick him up and he's just sitting there going everybody wants to be naked everybody wants to be naked Everybody wants to. He just, he just kind of tuned out at that last little yeah. bit. Just and that's it. Really hung up on the word uh, naked. That's all he was so thinking funny. about. Yeah. yeah, he was 13. Yeah. I, mean, I do want to be naked. All things considered. Yeah. No, uh, it, it was it was a really impactful part of my life, though, when uh, I saw Ben Folds in mm-hmm. my freshman year of high school at the Rites of Spring. I think either at Lipscomb or somewhere similar to that. Outside, just it's a crowd of people, and he's playing Rock in the Suburbs. And there's a moment in that song where he just breaks and just screams the F word, and like 500 <laughs> people just screaming the F word at the top of their lungs. <laughs> it's really like, impactful on a freshman in high school. Yeah. So. Pretty enlightening experience. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this yeah. is happening. <laughs> right around that same time was when I went to my first festival where someone was like, 
uh, I was like, what's that smell? They're like, oh, that's a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's like that time I saw 311, and I was oh, like, yeah. I, okay, now I know what that smells like. Interesting. That's like oh, 100 man. weed. Yeah. <laughs> 100 oh. weeds. Oh, man. Uh, before we close out, next week, uh, I feel like b- people might tune out right towards the end when we're giving our outro things. Next week, we're talking about um, songs you would want a road trip to, and we're going to have a guest, all, hopefully, all things considered, it should happen, um, but songs you want a road trip to, and now we'll do our outro spiel, so if you want to tune out, sure, why not do it now, but don't do it! Thank you for listening to our program tonight. We really do appreciate it, and if you felt really sad about it, just you know, go listen to something happy. I don't know. It's yeah. it's not that we were just being sad for sad's sake. It's just that, like, sometimes you just got to feel things. And that's fine. Feeling things is a good and cathartic time. And it is. Yeah, lethargic time. It's a good and <laughs> lethargic you, time. It just makes you feel really, really exactly. lazy. But yeah, um, again, thanks for thanks for checking us out. If you want to follow us on social media, we are everywhere on literally every social media platform except for Marco Polo and Snapchat um, <laughs> at Joyous Eclectic. What even um, is Marco Polo? I was going to say Snapchat can we without the length. Um, that's all it is. Oh. You don't need to think. It's yeah, video walkie talkies. So obviously we're not on there because I don't. Oh, you're not, you're not yeah, missing out on anything. I know anything. what it is now. <laughs> you, you literally do understand 100 percent of what it is now. What I just explained is all that it is. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, thanks. If you want to tell all your friends about us and your dogs and your cats and your weird garbage men um, that come to pick up your garbage, they're actually not weird. Just like go up and talk to them. They're normal people. You should, like, just you should give them a Christmas present. And they they pro- yeah, give them a Christmas present. Give them you a Christmas know, present. give them a friendly just pat on the bottom. Behind. They're mm. really going to appreciate that. They don't get enough human interaction in their day. So if you could just like firmly grasp just them, wash um, your hands afterwards. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they they do handle literal human garbage. Um, mm. But yeah, just mm. like spread the word for us because that helps us out uh, getting those listens and, and subscribes and stuff like that. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, and if you don't mind, just take a little bit of time out of your day to go over to iTunes and just rate us. Just give us that that sweet sweet good rating. If you're going to give us a bad rating, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe just well, don't. You can. Yeah, I mean, you can. Okay. I, you you feel the have you the feel. freedom to. That just we seems are like a lot America. of time to do something that you don't really care about. Yeah, you know. Um, just, yeah. I mean, like, if you care about it a lot. Pos- positive whatever. vibes. Like everybody, everybody on Yelp. <laughs> yeah, Yelp is just an sure. angry place to be angry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's our program. Thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it. <laughs>